Welcome to Sarah Nutritional Therapy. I'm your host, T.L. Matthew. I'm the founder of Some Foods, the maker of Some Sweet, and also a nutritional therapist. On this broadcast, we talk about health news and information as it applies to your everyday life. Go ahead and give us, give us a thumbs up if you like this kind of content. Yes, that means like the video. And we want to hear from you. So comment if you have something that you want to share with us and subscribe to all of our social medias. And now on to the broadcast. Well, hello, hello, hello. <laughs> Waiting for that to come up. Hi, everybody. Hi. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You know, this week has been a very challenging week, but we're not going to talk about that. We got great things to talk about today. So I want to welcome you to the broadcast. My name is Teresa T.L. Matthew. I'm the founder of Some Foods, the maker of Some Sweet. That is the most spectacular sweetener on the market. And I always like to share the screen with it. Let's take a look well, at it. Well, that's it for today's broadcast. want to thank you all for tuning in. Go ahead and give us a thumbs up if you like this type of content. It just started the whole thing all over again. But no, I like to share with you a picture of the products. You can see it there. And I did a couple of different things here, so I'll know when this is actually messing up here. So I got a little delayed thing that I can see here. But anyway, this is some sweet. This is the most spectacular sweetener on the market. This is the sweetener that helped me to kick my sugar addiction. Yes, it helped me to stop eating sugar completely for two years. Mm-hmm. So take a look at it there. If you want to get a hold of that, you can go over to sumsweet.com. That's S-U-M-S-W-E-E-T.com. And you can pick up the product there. Soon to be in a supermarket near you, I might add. All right. I am also a nutritional therapist. And the name of my practice is SARE. It stands for Sugar, Sugar Addiction is Real nutritional therapy and that is also the name of this broadcast so a little bit more housekeeping here i am starting um next week we'll be having guests joining us um giving us more health news and information so that's very exciting so starting next week we'll be having guests joining us and i'm also uh kind of changing up the broadcast a little bit. So looking at doing five minute health news and tips on every other day. And then on the day that we actually have our guests toward the end of this year is gonna be probably about two days a week that there will be guests on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And that's gonna be an hour long broadcast because talking to having someone, someone on for 30 minutes, I feel like might not be long enough when we're having a great conversation and um, want to get as much information out to you all as possible. So that's, that's a little change that's going to happen um, for the rest of the year. And then we'll see how that goes. And then we'll figure out what we're going to do for next year. 
But thank you so much for tuning in. While you're, um, just let me know where you're coming uh, to me from. Just go ahead and post down in chat. Let me know where you're coming to me from, where you're watching from. If you've got any questions or comments, please go ahead and leave them down off into the chat. And now, without further ado, we're going to get on to our subject at hand, which is nutrition for illness recovery. So I thought this was real important because um, in this time of the year and you know how I do I got my notes over here onto the side so I'm looking to the side if I'm not looking at you directly in the camera no I'm reading my notes I'm not ignoring you all right okay all right so um but and I feel like I did that kind of crazy like I was looking kind of crazy anyway <laughs> anyway so on um nutrition for illness recovery so let's talk about that so we've been We've lived through some pretty difficult times here with, you know, I don't want to say it because every time I seem like I say something like that about something around that, I run into some technical difficulties. Now, I'm not saying that that's what's happening, but hey, we know what we've been through this past year. So, and it's affected many of us. Um, and I get asked a lot, and I'm sure that other um, professionals do too, get asked a lot. Um, you know, what's the best nutritional strategies and foods to incorporate in the diet for someone who's recovering from an illness, in particular, a viral infection. So, you know, I just got some little fundamentals here, quick guide that we can just go through. But um, I want to share with us, last year, I had ran across an article and I wrote a post with regard to some of the things that were affecting um, people with what we were going going through last year, what we're still going through because it's not over. So yeah, it's not over. But um, I wrote a post about that and that I was reading articles and finding articles that they were not talking about this in mainstream media. And it was about um, how sugar intake increased your risk for actually getting this particular viral infection. So the best thing that I recommended in that post was to remove sugar um, because it would benefit your immune system. Plus there was some other ways that you can improve your system. So let's just look at that a little bit because that's a post that I'd already, and I'm not sure where all that is, but if you want to get a copy of this, then I'll be happy. Drop, your, drop the notes in the comments and I'll be happy to share that with you. But number one, um, removing sugar from your diet. Now, sugar removing sugar is really important. And I've said that a number of times. We've already discussed here before about taking sugar out of your diet because of all of the effects, the harmful effects that sugar has on your body. And you know what? I think um, we're gonna, I'm going to do... A broadcast where we're gonna where we're gonna just discuss sugar in particular because there are there's differences in sugars right so there are different sugars and maybe we don't know what those sugars are and so we'll just discuss those sugars and we'll just call them out by name I do have a book that's titled spilling the tea on sugar and go into a little more in depth about what the different sugars are and um, the names of sugar and things like that but we'll take a different look at the you know a look at the different sugars and see what their what their glycemic indexes are 
what their glycemic loads are. So we'll do that. But looking at um, removing sugar is important because high sugar consumption can make you susceptible to this um, virus that we've been dealing with. So, um, so just, you know, things that we do on a regular basis, like eating ice cream or candy that satisfies a, um, a sweet tooth could, it puts your um, white blood cells into a temporary coma. Okay. So that's what it does. It puts your white blood cells into a temporary coma, making you more prone to infection and diseases. So studies have shown that within an hour, one hour of eating sugar, okay, our immune system declines by 38%. And the suppression of the immune system starts as soon as 30 minutes after the consumption of sugar, and it can last up to five hours. So that's really huge. And we all know, you know for yourself how much sugar you eat, right? So just simply by eating ice cream or eating a candy bar, just, you know, let's just look at that. Just a little scoop of ice cream, an ice cream cone, right? For instance, or a candy bar that a candy bar is, you know, is pretty, is not, not even that big, you know, but just simply doing that, that's going to put your white blood cells in a coma temporarily. And it's going to make you more prone to infection and diseases. And that effect is that suppression of your immune system is going to last last five hours. And so continually eating sugary foods will keep your immune system compromised. Huh? See, you don't even have that. That's not even having a sickness or a disease or anything. And you're already immune compromised just by simply eating a, can, a candy bar. Okay. So let's look at exactly how your um, how does it affect your immune system? So co uh, consuming too much sugar can affect the cells in your immune system that target bacteria. Sugar affects the way your white blood cells attack bacteria. Sugar triggers low-grade inflammation in the body and also increases the mass. This can contribute to diseases that are chronic in nature, things such as cardiovascular disease and diabetes. So how much sugar do you have to consume to cause a problem? Because remember, just said we had candy bar, you know. So research shows that consuming 75 to 100 grams of sugar of a sugar solution can hinder the body's immune functions. I know that 75 grams, grams sounds like a lot and it's hard to think that you may be consuming 75 grams of sugar, but really it's the equivalent of two cans of soda, okay? It's the equivalent of two cans of soda. Now, just so I can put that into a little bit more um, perspective for you, I wish I had something around here, I don't, but I was thinking of a teaspoon. Um, a can of soda has about eight, to 12 teaspoons of sugar. And in fact, I have my phone here. Let me see. Hey Siri, how many teaspoons in a can of sugar? I mean, <laughs> she's going to say, what? Wait, Siri, wait. How many teaspoons of sugar in a can of soda? She's thinking. 
So in a 12 ounce can of soda, there are 39 grams of sugar or about nine teaspoons. See how easy that was to find out how much sugar was in there? Just ask Siri. See, nine teaspoons. And then that depends on the soda that you're drinking because I know that Mountain Dew has a lot more sugar than some other sodas. And in fact, a Gatorade, which again, you can just check with your Siri. Hey Siri, how many teaspoons of sugar in a Gatorade? Here's an answer from menshealth.com. One 32-ounces bottle of basic Gatorade contains 53 grams of sugar. That's nearly 11 teaspoons of the white stuff. Did you hear? 11 teaspoons of sugar in a 32-ounce bottle of Gatorade. And isn't that what people drink when they are feeling a little uh, low, immune compromised, dehydrated, tired, fatigued, feeling, isn't that what people drink? Gatorade, you can't get anything else on your stomach, so you wanna stay hydrated, you're feeling all of the fatigue from a cold or a flu or something like that, and you're gonna drink a Gatorade, and how many teaspoons of sugar is in that Gatorade? Now, I'm not saying brands. I did say a brand, but you know what I'm talking about, that electrolyte drink. It doesn't have to be specifically Gatorade, but it is, and that's how many teaspoons of sugar it is. There, is, there are others, and I cannot think of the names of all of them, but as you can see, just ask Siri how much sugar, or if you don't have Siri, just Google it and ask how many teaspoons of sugar is in this, what I'm about to consume. Now, we just told us, we just we, we just heard 11 teaspoons of sugar and 32 ounce of Gatorade or 32 ounce electrolyte drink because they have off-brand ones. Um, so there's 11 teaspoons of sugar in that. There's nine teaspoons in a can of soda. Once again, hey Siri, how many teaspoons of sugar in a Snickers bar? We'll see what she has to say. One moment. The answer is about 31 gram teaspoons. Oh, 31 grams. Hmm. Now, if we just found out that that was about 11 teaspoons in a Gatorade. So how many teaspoons? Hey, Siri, 31 grams is how many teaspoons? Teaspoons and grams are not compatible. Oh, snap. Hmm. What is compatible? Yes, they are. It's nine. It's about, it's, I mean, sorry, it's about 10. Okay. Well, Siri don't know everything, does she? Ha ha ha. Anyway, but you see, that's how easy it is to find out how many uh, teaspoons, how many grams, how many teaspoons are inside of your, inside of what you're eating. Now, with that being said, research has shown that consuming 75 to 100 grams of sugar of a sugar solution can hinder your body's immune function. And so at 75 grams, and we already found out that the Gatorade has about 11 uh, teaspoons, which is which is half of this 75 grams or a little over half of the 75 um, grams. So, because it was like 39, okay? So at that point, you can see that you've just consumed half of that. And it's going to have an impact. And that's not all you're going to consume. Because generally, if you have 
um, the soda, you're going to have something else along with the soda that's going to also have sugar or be converted to sugar and it's going to match you up and you're going to be right at that 35 grams you're you know at at the half of the of the 75 grams and so you're going to be right at 75 grams so as you can see it's quite easy to consume 75 to 100 grams of sugar right so let me see here So, and that's going to compromise your immune system. And I would say that is how it relates to the, I don't, I, I want to give it a name, but if, as the more that I try and say it or not say it, then I don't want it to, I don't want to get dinged and have my, have everything mess up on me because I don't know if that's really what's happening or not. But anyway, but you can see how easy it is to get a lot of sugar into your and compromise your immune system and i know we're talking about nutrition for illness recovery so we're, we're starting out with what not to eat right so what not to eat that is which is sugar and so what they found out about that particular virus is that research shows that consuming um what they found out about it is it is called sars cov2 and it attaches itself to ACE2 receptors that are found in various parts of the body. For the virus to make a connection to the receptors, it requires sugar molecules that are attached to their proteins. So it needs sugar, okay? Therefore, the level of severity of the virus cases could be impacted by the concentration of sugar-coated these are called, this is called SARS-CoV-2 virus and ACE2 receptors. So it seems like the COV-19 virus could also be attacking, attacking another essential organ in the body that is the pancreas. And the pancreas is responsible for producing insulin, which then regulates the body's blood sugar the blood sugar levels and guarantees that it's not too high also known as hyperglycemia or too low hypoglycemia if the virus attacks the pancreas insulin production will be significant will be significantly affected which could increase blood sugar level the blood sugar level of the host making it easier for the virus to attach itself to ace to receptors um, in many different parts of the body and cause a worrisome, a worrisome array of um, COV-19 complications. So the reason, and, and they weren't telling, they weren't telling us this, and that's basically why I'm sharing this, because we're still in the throes of this, but basically this thing attacks and, 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 and I don't want to get dinged. So, you know, you guys watch out, but this thing, basically it does, it was shown to attack the pancreas to stop you from producing insulin so that you would have more sugar in your blood so that it could, um, it could be fed and then multiply in areas of your body that it needed to, and still be able to float around in your blood system and get where it needs to go in order to make you sick, 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 and sicker. Okay. So how does this affect me if I'm not a diabetic? Well, non-diabetic patients suffering from the new viral infection have high blood sugar levels without them knowing it. These are things that we were not told. And these are things, this is stuff that I've been 
I've known this for like nearly a year and I've had this and I, I did write this post, but you know, um, according to the National Diabetes Association, one in three adults are pre-diabetic. So that means that 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 means that your blood sugar levels are staying elevated. And there are 7.4 million undiagnosed undiagnosed cases of diabetes in the U.S. So a lot of people have uh, are pre-diabetic and they don't know it. And we're going to have a guest come on and she's going to talk about that as well and not knowing and and what and how she was treated by her doctor and things like that so it's very um it's very informative and it's it's it sounds the horn of the what i've been saying about being pre-diabetic and not knowing it so one in three adults are pre-diabetic they have elevated uh blood sugar levels that stay elevate elevated and they don't know it so what should you do basically first thing look i've always said quit sugar don't eat sugary foods um, I know it's not easy. That's why I promote some sweet. And that's why I use some sweet to help me kick my sugar addiction so I could get, get off of sugars. Um, you know, and I know that alternative sweeteners, they taste nasty to most people. They're, they're just not good. That's why I made some sweet <laughs> because it's good and it worked for me. And I'm a sugar addict and I know that it worked. Okay. Let me make sure that I'm not muted because... I, I just, okay. No, I see my mic there. I get scared. <laughs> just, just checking. But that's why I made some sweet, right? Um, so that I could help myself because other things didn't taste great to me. And I don't, I do not believe that you should have to acclimate your taste buds to things that just don't taste good. That's why we, I make food products and um, have so many great food products in the works to come out um, and share with you all. But, um, but some sweet is the first one. All right. So, so what should you do? You want to quit sugar, you know, um, and you can use some, some sweet to help with that. So then the next thing is that you want to stay hydrated. You want to rehydrate and stay hydrated. So the fundamentals, fevers can be very dehydrating. So when you're feeling sick, you want to stay hydrated. And remember, I just told us what we are not to drink to stay hydrated. To stay hydrated, we need to drink. If we're going to do an electrolyte drink, I, I, the, I, there was a broadcast I just did a couple of days ago about staying hydrated and electrolytes that you, you can go and get that formula for electrolyte drink and make that drink and make that because the other one, these ones have too much sugar in them and you do not need that sugar. So the higher your body temperature, the more dehydrated you may become. So dehydration, dehydration is categorized as mild three to 5%, or it's moderate at six to 10%. And it's severe at more than 10%. Since rehydration is the number one priority, drink plenty, drinking plenty of fluids is essential. And essentially you need to drink what, what, water. Okay. Water. And if need be, um, to make that electrolytes uh, for replenishment, um, you, while you're sipping that regular water to add some electrolytes to that, you want to add, uh, so you, let's see, there's salts and minerals like potassium and magnesium are basic, the basic things that you will want to add back so that you, while you're with your water. Okay. Um, and this can help you. You can, you can have foods that, uh, with high water and electrolyte content, like berries, oranges, melons, cucumbers, 
Um, in addition, there are beverages like broths, herbal teas, and coconut water. Coconut water can be a little, have a little higher uh, sugar content. And so, and so can any juice, any juice that you would get. But we did, I, I did recommend that you use the juice, use a juice with some water. There was a, it was a recipe and I don't have it here, but if you just go through the videos, you will find that there was a video we talked about that and that recipe is there where you mix the juice with the water so you don't get quite as concentration of sugar to, to kind of, you know, to weaken the, the amount of sugar that's in there, lessen the amount of sugar and add salt back to that. And if you're trying to add some potassium, oh, prima tartar is a great way to get uh, some potassium into your drink. Yeah, cream of tartar. Okay. Um, so, I lost my place. I lost my place. Yeah, but herb, um, broths, herbal teas, and coconut water. Um, and sometimes those things are more palatable, you know, than just plain water, but and they can help you rehydrate yourself. How much protein? Muscle loss during illness is a side effect we should not ignore as it often translates into generalized weakness. So you can get weak because you could possibly be losing protein. So, and we're still talking about nutrition for illness recovery, right? So calorie and protein requirements during recovery are usually higher than your regular intake. So depending on the illness severity, daily protein needs um, needs to go up to over 0 0.8 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight. And I know I use kilograms and stuff a lot, but you, you need to just increase your protein, the amount of protein that you, you're eating. So in mild cases, you might want to go 1.2 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight. Um, and that's, you know, when, uh, when you're severely ill. Therefore, besides the rehydration and, and foods with high protein content, that needs to be prioritized. And so you should eat things like chicken, eggs, fish. Sorry if you're vegan, but if you are, you can do plant foods like beans, lentils, quinoa, rice, and whole hemp seeds, which contain some carbohydrate, aiding protein uptake by muscles and organ tissues. So there are a number of scientific studies that have found that nutritional supplementation in older people after being hospital, hospitalized, in particular, um, complete amino acid supplementation may aid recovery and increase physical strength. So you can get amino, amino acid supplementation. Um, there is a product, oh, I cannot think of the name of it. Bragg's amino acids. You can you can get it. It that that is I think that is particular the name the brand. But you can get um, liquid aminos, right? That you can use to supplement. So there, it's it's liquid aminos, and I think there there there's a it's a brand. Um, but you, if you go to the store, you can um, find, you should be able to find liquid aminos and it might be in the food aisle, not in the vitamins and all that over there. It would be like more in the foods next to vinegars, things like that. But there's a, there are something that you can get. It's liquid in the aminos. So for adequate supplementation, 
you um, and to reduce the risk of uh, wrong advice. Um, I do have an advanced dietary supplements guide. Um, you know, so I, I if you want to get a hold of that, just let me know and I'll put that out for you. So what about vitamins and minerals? What are the best vitamins and minerals that um, can help you recover from illness? Um, all essential vitamins and mineral in the right amounts are needed for full recovery. But depending on the cause of the illness, some may need may be needed in higher quantities. For example, essential micronutrients may be used and depleted faster when the immune system is fighting a viral infection, in particular vitamins C, D, and A, as well as minerals like zinc, iron, selenium, and chromium. So upping our intake of fresh produce like uh, uh, fresh fruits and vegetables, herbs, legumes, grains like rice and oats and seeds can be very helpful during recovery from a viral infection. And I know most of the time we just want orange juice, crackers, and chicken noodle soup. Not, I mean, yes, but no. <laughs> you need to put some more things in that, right? Some chunky chicken noodle soup, right? Less noodles, more vegetables, right? A little bit more chicken. Nah, throw some rice in there instead and let that be brown rice so that you have a whole grain right and not a, a simple white rice right okay let's see next if gastrointestinal disturbances um which are common during illnesses you know because what what happens when you when you start to feel ill and i'm wrapping up here what happens when you start to feel ill well usually you get upset tummy you start, things start rumbling down there. Things are coming out this way. Things are coming out the other way. All right. So these, uh, these things, in, this can be exacerbated when antibiotics and antiviral medications are taken. So incorporating prebiotics can be helpful, in particular, fermentable fiber. So, which is good because it feeds the good, um, the good bacteria in your gut. So, and you can get that from like grains, uh, like oats and vegetables, like onions and fruits, like bananas, as well as probiotic rich foods, such as fermented vegetables, like sauerkraut and miso. So probi probiotic rich foods. Also, if you do dairy, there's um, kefir or kefir that you can take. Um, yogurt may have some strains of probiotic, but kefir is better with when it comes down to probiotics because it's definitely a fermented milk beverage if you can take that. So tackling the appetite loss. This is very interesting to me because I tend to suffer from a lot of appetite loss, whether I'm feeling, whether it's the virus or not. So let's look at that. So a common problem that um, happens during um, illness and recovery is your appetite tends to go down and the taste changes. And some people report that it may take 28 days for hunger, hunger hormones to return to their normal levels after a critical illness. So going back to eating normally 
This can further worsen, uh, be worsened by gastrointestinal disturbances, swallow dysfunction, and poor chew strength. So, you know, you can't chew, you can't swallow, things like that. For this reason, each eating episode is a golden opportunity to get the right nutrients into a body that is still recovering. When um, each bite, it's difficult when each bite you take feels like a tremendous effort, but it's important to go uh, to go for softer textures by pureeing and blending foods into soups and nutrient packed smoothies. So if you have one of those good blenders that blends you like you can put all your veggies in there, put your herbs in there and your seasoning in there and you can blend it and then it, it blends so fast that it gets everything nice and hot and then you have a nice thick soup that you could eat that would be a great thing if you had a blender like that otherwise you got to get the food processor out blend it all up together then put it on the stove and heat it up <laughs> or microwave if you do microwaves all right so this is a this is a way that you can way that we can uh, take in more food and nutrition but with less effort so you don't have to you don't have to chew just swallow and it's critical during recovery so did you like that today did you enjoy that lots of information there packed full of lots and lots and lots of information so again just for just so that we know that when we're recovering we definitely need to eat we need to stay healthy and we don't need to eat what? Can everybody just say it with me? What do we not eat when we're trying to recover from illness? We can say it together. Everybody say it with me. One, two, three, no sugar, right? No sugar because it compromises our immune system further. All right, well, I am so glad you all joined me today. Yes, I'm going to bring down my notes here, make sure that I got everything covered. So we want to stay hydrated between meals. Oh, and also another thing, get some sunlight. I didn't add that one. As much as possible, get some sunlight because sun the sun can stimulate the happy hormone and increase your vitamin D. And the best time to get the sun is between 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. That's the best time to get the sun. All right. All right. So if you all enjoyed that today, go ahead, give me a thumbs up. I'm so happy that um, for today's broadcast, really appreciate you all. And uh, again, we're going to change up the formula a little bit. We're going to do be doing some five minutes and then a long two days a week with an hour long broadcast when I have a guest. So I'm hoping that and I have a lot of guests lined up. It's really great. I'm so excited. Yay. But anyway, I'm glad we stayed up today. So thank you so much for tuning in. And until next time, peace and blessings. Well, that's it for today's broadcast. want to thank you all for tuning in. Go ahead and give us a thumbs up if you like this type of content. Also comment and subscribe to all of our social medias. Peace and blessings.